This is the Hoosier Ag Today Monday podcast on the 8th of January 2024. Good morning. Welcome. I'm Andy Eubank. And coming up today, Eric Pfeiffer and Sabrina Halverson on the news, including a look at where interest rates may be headed. That coming from the Top Farmer Conference last week and getting that estate plan in place. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin here, too, with a possible wild ride in the weather this week. The Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. Stop by your local branch, too. Also, Brian Basting has market analysis after lower corn and soybeans Friday. That's straight ahead on the Hoosier Ag Today Monday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience and understands Standing and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Where interest rates are projected to go, and now is the time to put together your estate plan. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. Inflation and interest rates remain a hot topic of conversation for farmers as they plan for 2024. Some good news on that front was shared at Purdue's Top Farmer Conference Friday from economist Dr. Jim Bullard, the new dean of the Mitch Daniels School of Business at Purdue. I think the main story is that inflation was pretty high, as we all know, but is coming down precipitously, especially in the second half of 2023. And so looks pretty good for an immaculate disinflation, unemployment staying low as inflation comes down. Bullard says all that probably means lower interest rates are on the way for farmers that want to borrow for equipment or other inputs. Bullard served as president of the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank prior to his appointment at Purdue. He also brings an insider's insight into Federal Reserve policy as a former member of the Federal Reserve's Open Market Committee. You heard him use the term immaculate disinflation. He explains what that means. Many prominent economists said that in order to get inflation down, you would have to have a huge recession. And they basically had in mind what happened in the early 1980s. Interest rates went to super high levels and there was a huge recession. Unemployment hit 10.8%. That's what they had in mind for what you would have to do to get this inflation under control. None of that has happened. He says this was avoided because of aggressive action from the Fed in 2022 in increasing interest rates. The prime interest rate currently sits at 8.5%. Bullard told the crowd he would guess it would be closer to 7.5% a year from now. Wall Street has already priced in a lot of this. Uh, They like to anticipate things. So you're already seeing a lower 10-year rate and other rates across the board. Hear more of my conversation with Dr. Bullard at HoosierAgToday.com. 
Farmers, the Fort Wayne Farm Show celebrates 34 great years at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum, January 17th, 18th, and 19th. This huge three-day event features the area's largest variety of farm equipment and services. Educational seminars presented daily. Register to win the grand prize, a Toro My Ride Zero Turn Lawnmower, courtesy of Plevna Implement. Admission is free. Make plans to attend the Fort Wayne Farm Show Tuesday through Thursday, January 16, 17, and 18 at the Memorial Coliseum. If you don't already have an estate plan in place, now's the time to think about it. Sabrina Halverson explains why. While it's not something we all want to think about, now is the time to make sure you have an estate plan in place for your farm or ranch. Director of Government and Public Affairs with the Ag Business Advisory Company, Pinion, Brian Keel says that's because of a tax law that will be phased out next year. In 2017, Congress doubled the exemptions that can be claimed for estates. So right now, you can protect a lot of your wealth from inheritance taxes. If those provisions expire a year from now, your ability to protect that wealth goes down dramatically. And those provisions are set to expire next year unless Congress extends them. We're looking at the ending of the increase in limits for state tax uh, and gift tax. So really important for farmers as they're thinking about estate planning and recognizing that right now we have an amazing situation in terms of our ability to do estate planning. But when those provisions expire, it's going to get much harder to do estate planning. Keel says estate plans and trusts are governed by the existing law when they're created and changes to the law afterward don't change the plan. If you take advantage, for example, of gifting, if you take advantage of that doubling of the amount you can gift, if you gift it in 2024, it doesn't matter if you then pass away in 25 or 26 after that provision has changed, you've already done the gift. So it's important to take advantage of these provisions while they exist. He said the first step is to talk with your tax professional. I'm Sabrina Halverson. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Egg Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. As we take a look at the setup here this week, it's going to be a wild ride as Mother Nature tries to remind us that it is January after all. That means a winter weather. So here's what's going on. Today for your Monday, I really don't look like look at today to bring us much of anything. I think we're looking at mostly cloudy skies. Maybe we see a few sun breaks here or there, but clouds are going to be the main feature. And this is because we have a big circulation ahead of the low pressure area that's moving in, and it's going to be a cloudy scenario. But temperatures are moderating here for today. Moisture starts to push into southwest Indiana shortly after sunset tonight. I think it starts as rain and probably stays 
phase rain over the southern quarter to third of Indiana. Where it gets interesting is as the moisture lifts north through the rest of the overnight tonight and into tomorrow, it is going to be lifting into some colder temperatures, mostly due to the fact that we're in the middle of the overnight. It's going to be chilly anyway. So I think that precipitation is going to be mostly very wet snow in central and especially northern Indiana right on through mid-morning on Tuesday, tomorrow, such that I think we have to allow for two to five inches of snow across the state in areas that see snow and three to five from I-70 northward. Here's the thing. By mid to late morning on Tuesday, temperatures will be warming enough that we go back to rain and we continue to see rain then all the way through the balance of Tuesday and even past sunset Tuesday night before precipitation switches back to wet snow. But by then, we're trying to dry slot a little bit here. So I think that we're down to maybe a coating to an inch of snow only on the back side. So when this system is done and gone, what we will have left as far as accumulation is probably just that coating to an inch over parts of the state. Either way, the liquid equivalence of this system as it moves through is still well over an inch in many parts of the state. A lot of that coming is rain. The wet snow will melt down quickly, so it basically will have been rain. This is going to go a long way to maybe recharging some of our drier conditions across parts of the central and eastern Corn Belt. So let's move now into the later part of the week. Colder air is here from Wednesday afternoon on forward through Thursday and Friday. At this point, I think we are dry for Wednesday night and most of Thursday. Thursday's action wants to stay a little bit farther to our north. Another fast-moving system comes in for Friday, but where we were thinking it would be snow earlier in this forecast period, I'm almost all rain again on Friday. We could pick up another quarter to three quarters of an inch of rain easily, and that goes through Friday afternoon. Maybe we see it end as snow Friday night into Saturday, and if we do, Right now, models are suggesting there's slightly more liquid or moisture lingering in the cold air, so there's still a chance for some snow accumulation to finish the week. I'm not going to put numbers on it yet because I'm really interested in the track of this low. We'll follow that one up with a little bit of a break and then maybe another minor batch of precipitation early next week from lake effect. However, the threat of a stronger system for the end of next week and into the following week is going away. We're pushing that back into a system for next Tuesday night, Wednesday which can also bring rain and snow. So this pattern is getting very active, very wet. Uh, we're going to be entering into mud season, I think, before the uh, ground conditions freeze up and firm up quite a bit later on. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Mixed grains and oil seeds to end the year's first week of trade. I'm Andy Eubank. This is Who's Your Ag Today's Friday Farm Market Review. Corn and beans down, wheat up just a little. We'll have settlements coming up. First market analysis, and I grabbed that at the end of the session from Brian Basting with Advanced Trading. Brian, we end the week with some pressure on the corn and soybean markets just a little higher in wheat. Obviously, no help to start things off from the export sales report. Negative, not negative, but not positive at all for uh, corn, soybeans, and wheat. So that's how we started the day. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Andy. These are marketing year lows for corn and soybean export sales. Now, some might argue that it's holiday related. Obviously, this is for the week ending December 28th, um, obviously during Christmas or that week. I would note to your listeners, though, that um, last year, for example, we stole, still sold 26.5 million bushels of beans for the same week, whereas this year we only sold 7.5, 7.5, 7.4. 
So you can't argue that it's necessarily uh, all holiday related. So I would contend that Brazil remaining an exporter much longer than, than the trade expected during 2023, even during the month of December, has weighed on, on the sales um, for soybeans especially. And then corn is, is backed off. We'll see leading into the reports uh, next week how, how users react. But uh, you hit the nail on the head. Certainly this has not been a, a um, impetus for a, a increase in buying interest. Speaking of Brazil and Argentina, too, let's talk weather there. They do have rains continuing to be forecast. So certainly that's not a situation that is propping up U.S. futures. No, it's not. As we started 2024, Andy, we've seen a change in the weather pattern in Brazil. It had been quite wet in the south in Brazil, quite dry. It's just the opposite now. It has dried out in the south which is actually favorable for those soybean crops down there. And it has increased uh, rainfall totals in the north. Now, there is some irreversible damage. I do expect the USDA to lower their crop estimate for Brazil next week. However, uh, there are plenty of beans that were replanted and also beans that are still yet setting pods and filling pods that would benefit from that rain. So that has pressured the March soybean futures this morning, Andy, to the lowest level since June 15th. So you basically had nearly a seven month low in soybean prices um, with this change in weather. And I'd add that Argentina is looking quite good at the moment. Uh, long way to go in Argentina. You make your Argentina crop in February and March. However, last year we had a devastating drought in Argentina. And, and if the, all things proceed as, as they look today, potentially Argentina could double their soybean crop from last year. That is significant. Wheat market, what do you see there as it trades just a little higher on Friday? We're seeing some encouraging, albeit very early, but encouraging crop condition reports, particularly for the West. As your listeners know, Andy, um, the wheat market has been propelled. Whatever strength it had last year was because of the short crop that they had again, second year in a row for hard wheat out in Kansas, Oklahoma. Obviously, we had stellar yields for the most part here in the eastern Corn Belt, uh, Indiana, uh, Michigan, Ohio, Illinois. However, out west, they've had two back-to-back years of drought. However, that's changing. Crop condition ratings are much improved over last year. We've got a major winter storm moving through this weekend, early next week, several inches of snow, a couple inches of rain possible, and then maybe another storm the following weekend. So in a nutshell, the crop conditions here, albeit early in, in first week in January, much better than a year ago. And we continue to fight a, a tough battle on the export front worldwide. Um, just looking at uh, being a residual supplier, that is uh, a, a user of wheat is turning towards the Black Sea, specifically Russia and other destinations or other origins, I should say, before they turn to the U.S. And uh, the one exception has been soft red winter with China coming in here and buying a considerable amount of, of soft red winter wheat from the U.S. there in November and December. That's at least supported the market a bit, but just can't can't quite uh, turn the corner, it seems like, uh, to turn to the upside. Well, you mentioned or referenced the report from USDA. That would be the January report, set of reports, I should probably say, on Friday, January 12th. How about a preview? Yeah, you summarized that well. There's a flurry of reports that come out on January 12th at noon Eastern time. The USDA first will give us a final crop estimate for 2023. Corn, beans, wheat, everything. 
And then they will give us an updated supply demand report based off of that um, final number. I'll backtrack just a second. In general, the trade's looking for possibly a little bit higher yields on corn and beans, particularly in the eastern corn belt once again. Uh, the harvest wasn't quite as far along at the end of October, early November, when they did the last survey for that November crop report. There was no, no December crop report. So the feeling is that the yields may edge up a bit. Uh, turning to the S&D report, I mentioned a moment ago that the trade's looking for perhaps a smaller Brazilian soybean crop. However, um, we're looking worldwide at some ample supplies, particularly of corn, I'd remind your listeners. Uh, the U.S. corn carryout uh, is something the trade will keep a close eye on next week. Uh, over 2 billion bushels for the first time in several years here. Just to give your listeners a reference point, uh, stocks to use ratio, which is a measure of how tight we are, corn inventories, is about 15%. In each of the last three years, it was below 10%. So that's why the corn market, one of the reasons the corn market feels heavy. So final yields. Supply demand report. Then we'll get a quarterly grain stocks report that only comes out four times a year. That'll give us an idea of how much corn we fed during September, October, November. That may be a bit of a surprise because there seems to be a feeling that we fed less meal during that fall and perhaps a bit more corn. And the final report will be the first survey-based estimate of winter wheat seedings for 2024. That survey was taken the first two weeks of December. So we'll get our first estimate. I think we're going to see a significant decline in soft red winter for the Eastern Corn Belt because of the, of the lower crop insurance price, but maybe more so because we had a late soybean harvest uh, for you folks. Brian Basting from Advanced Trading. His number is 309-664-2314. Friday settlements here on the Market Review. March corn, 460 and three quarters, down a nickel and three quarters, and down a nickel and three quarters on the May contract, 473 and a quarter. July, an even nickel lower, going to 483 and three quarters. March beans, 12.56 and a quarter, a loss of 11 and a quarter. May contract down 12 and a quarter at 12.64 and a quarter. And up two and a half cents for March wheat going to 6.16. Meat markets mixed. February live cattle, 170.57, 55 cents lower. February lean hogs up 95 cents, $70 even at settlement time. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.